and we are live. Welcome to episode 121. Let's get started. Welcome to Stream of Conscious West. Welcome, Heaven. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. I love your watermelon shirt. I just realized that. Does your hair match your shirt? Yes. Incredible. I just dyed my hair last night. Was it an impulsive thing? Um, or you're like, I yeah, I'm going to I wouldn't do this. say impulsive, but it was just kind of like on a whim. It wasn't like super planned, mm. but I had I had thought about the idea of like I've never done half and half before. It looks good. Thank you. It's giving Cosmo and Wanda. Yes, absolutely. I was afraid that this that the the pink would look too red and it would be Christmas vibes, but I think no, it's it's, a, pr it's it's pretty pink. It's a beautiful watermelon pink. Yeah. Um. So we are getting to know each other. Heaven, we. Tick, I mean, TikTok is the ultimate connector. I heard someone say the other day that TikTok is kind of winning the social media world right now because it's showing us that it's a, it's a social media allowing us and giving us what we are interested in and not just who we know. Yes, it's so like, so global. I think I, I remember when I was because I'm 23. So when I was like 12, 13, 14, that's where like it was the it was the age of Instagram. That's where you would make friends. That's where you would um, meet people. That's where like my first Internet friends came from was Instagram. And it's so like the mm -hmm. decline of Instagram as soon as TikTok took off or even Vine. Vine's the precedent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think uh, you can see every one trying to a little bit like TikTokify their shit yeah. because that's like, I mean, in all reality, what it is is that it's the most potent way to keep our eyes glued is to continue to like give us something we're likely interested in. And what we are interested in has there's definitely a huge cross section even just in our short little texting earlier today yeah i think i think we've known each other all of eight hours yeah but you we started following each other i think you followed me back like two or three days after i followed you mm -hmm. and then this is all like with this week yeah <laughs> and um the the cool thing about tiktok that i don't think any other platform does is tiktok is so informational i've learned more about like my mental stability and my mental like health issues like how to manage that i literally watched tiktok earlier today on my lunch break about how to manage adhd like nobody talks about everybody's medicated for adhd but no. they don't talk about how to manage adhd and so literally things like same. that like TikTok and that's is so that's the thing is is like there is like a, I've kind of been, I've known I've had ADHD for a long time. I was on Adderall for like six months in college. And it was like, I was like, holy shit, this is like 
intense drugs. And then basically, you know, most of my adult life, I was self-medicating with weed. Mm. And really now I'm starting to see the ways that that really was just like not at all helping me with my it was just coping and it was it was taking me out of a place where i was aware of the problems or or of the problems that i have to troubleshoot and to try and figure out or maybe not even labeling them problems right it's like that's I think part of like the neurotypical world is like, if you're not like this, you're a fucking problem. Yeah. Trying to fit like a square block in a round hole. Yeah. Yeah. I think... And so go ahead. Oh no. I was just going to say like, I, I haven't been diagnosed with ADHD, but that's my dog's nose, <laughs> but she, but my brother, um, he, he was diagnosed. And mm -hmm. if you watch my whole family, cause I'm the eldest of, uh, four. I have three younger brothers, and it's my mom. There's one of them calling for me. Um, he was diagnosed, and he's medicated and all that stuff. And I didn't realize I was ADHD until I was like 20, because I went through high school. I went all through all of school being like, oh yeah, this is fine or whatever. But I, I did well in school, mm -hmm. but I had to have a specific amount of pressure, like. I had several weeks to write an essay, but I wouldn't write it until like two days or the night before because I could not get it done. I could not focus without that pressure. Yeah, dude, that's that's like the way that I still live my life in a lot of ways. And I think that relates to the TikTok that we like started discussing earlier mm -hmm. was like, I need that outside pressure to force me to make a decision because like, the first job I ever worked, I worked there for two years and then I didn't leave until I was fired <laughs> because like yeah. I knew I should have left, but I could not leave until I was fired. And I think, I don't know, I don't know how that ties into ADHD. I just know that ADHD is behind it. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like our operating system, you know, so it's behind everything. Yeah. And it's the lens we see through. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even, even like the way that, I, that we think about, like you said, you did well in school and like, you know, I think on the looking at the, the ones and zeros of oh, yeah. my success, I would say I did too, but in my experience of it, it doesn't, it did not feel like that. Like the way that I could maintain a B average generally didn't actually, I don't think is actually a good measure of like my wellness of absolutely the understanding. And, you know, another thing about the operating system is like the organization of keeping all of our responsibilities together. I mean, if like the main thing that we're handed is like, take care of your schoolwork, come home with the proper stuff so that the people and the adults around you have evidence that you're doing well. And so I'm like, oh, 
there are other ways for me to provide this evidence without the evidence actually being a good gauge of me. Yeah, I was always, I remember I was probably in like seventh grade when I realized it. I can't remember where I heard it, but somebody said that grades are a measure of responsibility and not intelligence. And once I realized that, I was like, oh, okay. Because I just like, why? I don't, it just blows my mind that everybody's like, yes, this is a great way to determine where people belong in life is this one size fits all structure. Like, let's have everybody wear the same size shirt. The, no alterations. No alterations. You have to wear this shirt. And, like, wow. a four-year-old has to wear an adult-sized shirt versus, like, somebody who's seven feet tall wearing a women's small. Like, mm -hmm. it just doesn't... It's weird how we have to follow such a rigid... Do this, do this, do this. This is the timeline. This is what you need to do. This is how you do it. There are no... There are no exceptions. I was in um, I was in a college algebra my senior year, and I just took it for funsies. I took it for shits and gigs because um, I was like, let me get ahead of the game. And the teacher that I was with, I was doing fine with the math part, but I was f almost failing her tests because I wasn't doing it the way she told me to do it. I'm like, right. you can't, if I'm getting the answer every time, why are you punishing me for not doing it your way? Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, you know, it's like how, like projecting that onto like our current adulthood, it's like, there's, it's still kind of, there's like this feeling that there's still someone telling me how to do it. And it's like our conditioning, you know? Yeah. It's like, my own lack of belief in my personal process. And, and this is where we get into it because yeah. it's so, so, so crazy the way we internalize things when we're so young. I always, every time somebody's like, oh, they were a baby, they won't remember. Like, oh, she's one. She won't remember that. Like, no, we internalize it because we're getting we're always receiving feedback and stimuli. And so, okay, so the best example is when I was a kid, I always wanted to be a performer, an entertainer. I wanted to be a musician above all else. But I would have never, ever in a million years told any, I didn't tell anybody that I wanted that until I was like 21. And even then it was like the people, that was like my deepest, darkest secret. And I realized just recently that that was because like I told people I wanted to be a dentist because I knew as a child that I would get laughed at or I would get told to be realistic if I had expressed that to my family or what have you and that has affected me my whole life and I think it then in turn makes me feel guilty because I was like oh my god you wasted this you wasted 23 years being scared to do the thing that you wanted to do and you could be like you could have started where Beyonce started as a child, and now I'm now I feel like I'm perpetually behind, which is crazy. And that's how I pretty much always felt. Anyway, you know, I I 
think so much about how it's like this feeling that we missed our opportunity. I can't get that out of my head, you know, like, like the time that was available to us before we turned 18, like, yeah. And how in a big way, like part of why I wasn't tapped in or, or able to fully identify what my desires were for, for accessing creativity was because I was, I was procrastinating and stressed out and like, like every night having to figure out how I was going to tell my parents that I had finished my homework, even though I never did and like what I was going to do. And I, you know, I was so busy at midnight texting my friends if I could copy their homework in the morning before class. And that's like, I was ex expending all this energy like around the edges of the shit because like really not that it's anyone else's fault but no one ever taught me about what could work for me to remember things and keep track of stuff and those are like such simple in theory things to do setting goals reaching those goals creating systems on how we get from goal one to goal 10 thank you harper um yeah. mm, she's got she's comforting me please Hi, please lay down <laughs> she hates being on camera but she loves being in my way <laughs> um love her though yeah i i realized i never learned how to set goals and the way I lived my life, and I still kind of live it this way, is I'm not a very competitive person. And I don't know if that's because I don't care or if it's because I don't, if I don't compete, I'm not losing. Yeah, it's like, it was like saying, and here it comes back to me being so comfortable when I, found out that I could identify as a stoner. And it was like, oh, if I don't care about anything, then I can't fail at that stuff, at anything. Like, it was like a an easy way. It was like taking a hit of apathy, almost. And then that's exciting. It was exciting to me. If I don't set expectations, I can't disappoint anybody. And for me, that comes from like, I'm the oldest daughter. And I, like my mom, both my parents actually came from like poverty and they, uh, my mom was uneducated. My mom didn't get her GED until she was 25 and all this other stuff. And so she expected a lot from me because she wanted better for me. She had good intentions. But the first time I ever got a C, I will never forget it. I was in sixth grade and I, I was, I was procrastinating like I usually do with a science project because I appreciate science and I like science, but I'm more of an art English history person just naturally. And so I was procrastinating and it was a big part of her grade and I, I fumbled it and I got a C. That was the first time I ever got a C. My mom grounded me for nine weeks because that was the grading period. 
So was oh, it was it yeah. a rigid grounding? No, not really. However, did that impact me so deeply? Absolutely, because yeah. that's when I was like, "Oh, I have no, I have no option. There is no failure. You have to be perfect." Holy shit, that is oh, yeah. stressful, dude. Mm. Wow. Yeah, and it's like, you know, it's like that feels like you know i can understand how that feels like you know you want you don't want your child to fail you want them to be the best they can be a sixth grade c is not an indication of anything other than a 12 year old struggling with timing and planning and goals and like, I just, even, even if it's not about this specific example, I just think like, I saw a TikTok the other day about like something like, you know, when you learned that, okay, I can't fucking get a C ever again, or my like, or I can't hang out with my friends, my, you know, your life is it's high uprooted. stakes. It's high stakes. And so what does that teach you about what you're able to share? Like it forces you into a place where it's like. Because it reaches further than just, oh, you can't get a bad grade. It becomes, you cannot be a person that needs anything. You need to do it by yourself. Yes. You need to be the, you need to be emotionally stable. Like there can be no imperfections. And that was very much how it felt. And I'm, I'm a perfectionist anyways. So then I'm trying to predict how other people are going to react to me if I don't do X, Y, or Z and all this, all this stuff. It just extended further than just my, my academics. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And I think like, you know, I'm thinking about like, now we have the opportunity and we are in a position where we have to learn how to parent ourselves. Oh yeah. And, and I'm like, well, damn, I know how I don't want to do it. That's the hard part is like, okay, how do I acquire the tools to build something that I've never built. Like, I've only ever seen the finished product of this building. I've never seen the schematics. And I only have these tools, these raw, these raw materials and the tools and and my my own ingenuity. <laughs> like And also what I'm seeing in myself is that a big part of that is that I learned to like take more seriously than my own self-trust it was like an external discipline i trust external discipline because it was like, beaten out of you and and so now i'm like god i'm not disciplined even in this way where it's just like i want to do like a couple of small things and i want to tr try to see if stuff makes me feel good and it's like 
Oh God. my God. And then, and then it ties all back to, I need that external pressure to quit my job or to complete yeah. this project or yeah. da, 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 da. So then I always thought that I could never succeed as a small business owner. And it terrifies me to even consider a small business because I don't trust myself with being timely and I don't trust myself with being so responsible for like serious stuff. Like I work in taxes currently um, and I've seen people screw up and it's not something that I want for myself because that doesn't go away. Like if you screw up your taxes, you're paying them off. Like you, it will follow you. It will follow you with interest. Bro, that's like one of my biggest insecurities, dude. I've like run away from money problems and fucking shoved them under the rug. I can't see it. We pretend we do not see it. Did well, I go to Mexico? Did my ticket to Mexico cost $600? Yes, it did. Do my medical bills currently cost, um, I don't know, something like 1400 They sure do. Did I go to Mexico first? I absolutely fucking did because they can stay there. They can. Mexico is not always going to be the way it is because if I swear to God, these summers are hotter than when I was a child. Yeah, for sure. So Money is fake, but also real to a degree. Yeah. And I think like, yeah, it's like, not only, like, not only do I feel like, gosh, you know, there would be a fire under my ass if I was fired right now. And I'm like, well, gosh, how can I light a fire that doesn't mean I'm severed from the thing I have now, you know? And... How do I, I safely jump out. from one rock to the next, from one lily pad to the next? And it's terrifying because like most of the time when I, if I leave a job, I have several other options. And currently I do. Um, I bar I was a waitress and a bartender for a while. So before like the pandemic. Yeah. And so I can... I bartend on the weekend when it's open, but currently it's closed. And I'm not sure when it's opening back up. And then there's talks about, because it's a privately owned bar. It's a small, like, mom-pop bar. And they're talking about it might close down soon because it's getting so expensive and all of this. So I have a plan B, but is it a s solid plan B? Uh, it's, it's a little too shaky for me to leap with faith. Yeah. And then, like... I get this urge as an intuitive being that like, hey, man, if you jump, we'll catch you. You'll fall in a bed of the feathers. Like I got the the feeling that if I quit my job or if I put in my two weeks within those two weeks or within the next month, something else that something else will fall in my lap and catch me. But I'm too scared to fuck around and find out, even though when I get a bad feeling about a, a, like a person or a situation, I fuck around and find out because I need to know if I was right or not. So, so why is it that I can do it with the bad things and be like, ah, oh, you see, they gave me a reason. They proved why I didn't like them or, or this situation proved why I got that bad feeling, but 
when it comes to the good feelings and the good intuition of like, hey, jump and you'll go further than you think. Why? Like, okay for self-sabotage, but for self-propelling, like it's so scary. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think like, yeah, like my, it's been a really interesting shift in my life since the pandemic because working for DoorDash, I have no schedule. And that's kind of the first job I've had where I'm not expected to be working ever. And so I've really seen how I just push away the work until, oh, my, my fucking bill's due tomorrow. I should go work. And so it's like, I've like, in every way, it's like, I'm afraid to quit because I still have to do it. And I don't know what's on the other side of that. And then I don't want to work until I know I need the money for a specific thing. And so I'm just really like, I'm trying to be really kind to myself and, you know, not like settle into that because that's not an overall comfortable way for me to live. I think it's, it's become like my job feels like the homework I became accustomed to procrastinating. Wow. You know, like my bills are now the due dates for my homework. And my fucking job is having to fucking open up the book that I fucking never read and I hate it and I only want to do the bare minimum right before the test. And you're perpetually playing catch up, whether I'm, it's with I'm bills catch or... up so bad, bro. And then like on top of on top of having to parent yourself, you also have to grow as a like you have to take care of your inner child and then your adult self and then also your future self and then yeah. also any, any other responsibilities you have oh, read these books and make your own food and also grow your own food if you can because there might be an impending apocalypse. And yeah. it's just so much. It's just so and like, much. And yeah, so I feel like I'm in a position where I'm discovering so many things that I never wanted before. And now it's like, I'm like, we just moved to Portland. We have a backyard that has a garden and, and like, but it's like, I don't know how to make that a priority because I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what to do. I there's, it feels like there's nothing in it for me because the payout is two months minimum. The instant the gratification Whew. is, is really, is really a bitch. And like all of these yeah. things, I'm like, oh, these are simple solutions. And, and anytime I have a problem, I'm like, oh, this is a simple solution. But like, is it though? Maybe for maybe for somebody who's neurotypical, but for for people like us who struggle with setting structure up for ourselves and needing the outside pressure, it's it's so difficult because do I I don't know, forcing myself to do things I don't, that I know I don't want to do, but I know are, are good for me. Like yeah. practicing, you need to practice your scales to be able mm -hmm. to do music. Right. I 
I know that. I was in uh, orchestra for like six or seven years. I understand that concept. And yet, and yet, I don't follow through on it. Or like, I know I'm supposed to clean my bathroom or clean um, up a little bit, little bit every day. But I, for whatever reason, it's like, it's like my feet are buried in cement. And the moment I think of like, I'll sit at work and be like, oh my God, I really wish I could clean my bathroom right now. Like I get urges to do things at the most inappropriate and inopportune times. And then when you get home, that thought isn't around. It's gone. I'm thinking about the shit I want to do when I'm 20 miles across town delivering shit. And I'm like, and that's the thing. You mentioned systems. On like ADHD TikTok, I've been it's really resonated with me, this idea that like all, lots of the stuff that's hard to do, like even something like having a morning routine, like, you know, my lifetime morning routine is like, how late can I wake up before the thing I'm required to be at? Oh my God. How late? And it, and it comes back to like the catching up thing is like, how late can I stay up to watch this content or to do what I feel like I need and I didn't get time to do earlier that day. Yeah. And how late can I sleep? So it's so contradicting. And it makes me it makes me lust for being a small business owner or being a content creator or being mm -hmm. somebody who is my own boss. But then I know that the reality is that if you can't handle this, how the hell do you expect to handle things that your reputation depends on mm. because I'm sure content creation is fun and it's beautiful and invigorating to be creative. And I love that. And I love editing and I love doing all these things, but I also love making music and I also like painting, but for some reason I just can't find time to do the things I like to do. I just sit on my phone and doom scroll and, and compare myself to other people. And so it's, now like this stage of my life it's learning to pull away from that and and mold myself with no influences and listen to what like my guts are saying yeah yeah and yeah you know part of me kind of always thought it was like that maybe like once there was like once I wasn't around my parents and then once I was no longer in school and then once I had a job where I don't have to do anything in particular that I always thought that that freedom would be kind of the key to help me unlock being able to access new types of activities and and building up different skills and and new levels of success and i'm gonna be a different better person when i'm when i'm in a different better place yeah and then wherever you go there you are and really what has happened in a lot of the time in the past you know five six years for me has been like well when i'm alone i just i'm like I'm full isolation. I'm, I don't want to get up. I don't want to make food in my kitchen. I want to order DoorDash. I want to I want to smoke all night. I want to play video games while I watch TV to have double stimulation. Like I want to like get out and it's like, Oh, part of that desire of 
getting out is that I can't see the potential in my now for what's capable to be built or what needs the first brick right now. Yeah. Because of, of one brick, I'm like, fuck a brick. I don't need that shit. I need a house. I, because I can't see it, you know? And it's like, and I don't have the confidence that I'm going to show up 12 days from now for the 12th brick. So why start yes. with this one? Why waste my time today? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And that, and like that whole thing feels like, like the inner child is finally rebelling against all of these things that were forced onto us. All of these responsibilities that were forced onto us we're now rebelling against because we can, because there's nobody there to teach you or there's nobody there to tell you that you can't eat ice cream for breakfast. Right. Um, but then you eat ice cream for breakfast for four days in a row. And you're like, I feel like shit. Like that's exactly, that's exactly what's happening. <laughs> Bro. For me, it's tater tots. God, I'll have tater tots five meals a day. <laughs> yeah. Tater tots. I, I have a real bad sweet tooth. Yeah. So I, I eat a bunch of candy and then I'm like, like hypochondriac about like am i going to develop like diabetes or heart disease but then but then take no action in like making sure that i'm getting my heart rate up or balancing it out or whatever mm -hmm. i and i try i try to be conscious of that but i don't know it gets overwhelming and i don't know how people are people full-time like how are you working a full-time job and also going grocery shopping and also cleaning your house and doing laundry and finding time to think to do the things that you love. And it occurred to me that they don't. They either do the things they love or they do the things that are necessary because and, there's no time to do anything bro. else. And then, you know what most of us end up prioritizing is just simply resting with the people we love whether that be a spouse or partner or whether that be your fucking kids, dude. Like, I'm like, bro, if I had a kid right now, I don't, I wouldn't know how to possibly think about prioritizing my creativity. I, and I don't even know how to now. <laughs> I mean, I could, I'm struggling taking care of myself. I don't yeah. know how people, like I just saw a girl who was like two or three years younger than me. I, I vaguely knew her in high school. She's pregnant. And I'm like, what is happening? I just don't understand how people and like, good for them. I, I'm happy if they're happy, but, but I just don't understand how you could manage that. Like, how does that not make you think about nervous breakdowns at least three times a week? You know, here's what I'm thinking though, related to, it would feel easier to get fired is like the same <gasps> level is like, it would feel easier if I had to feed my kid. I have, I'm, I'm living for somebody else. Yeah. Which I think is the exact thing. That's like my worst fear is living for somebody else. Even though I just realized in this moment that I kind of have been doing that my whole life. Um, as the eldest daughter, we love some eldest daughter syndrome. I'm the oldest as well. I have two younger sisters. So you feel me like, and my parents got divorced. My dad was a Marine, so he was in and out. He was being deployed and all of that. And then 
Um, and then they got divorced. And so he wasn't really around after that. And it was just, I was emotionally relied on and physically relied on to like mm. babysit or take care of them. And so yeah. one of my biggest fears is not living for myself and living life the way other people have planned for me, like the picket fence and the house and the 2.5 kids and the husband and like all the stuff that's projected onto young people from such a young age, like going to school out the gate and getting it, being a doctor and da 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 da. Like, I don't want to do that shit. I want to travel the world and have experiences and be an artist and not have to. Yeah subscribe to these things that are are the standard of living like and like real shit like talking about this shit is fucking valuable because it's hard you know it's like it wouldn't it would be hard for us to think these thoughts without having each other to bounce them off of, you know? Cause you, like, it's like real life. It's real time confirmation and uh, community, I guess, like finding the people that are at similar vibrations as you. And, and I mean, back to TikTok. I mean, even, even without another person around, like we're talking into our phones and yet I'm like, looking in your eyes in your your video being like hell yeah that makes so much sense and like you know here seeing people tell me i never thought of it this way thanks for saying that and i'm like i'm thanking myself for talking it out the way i did yeah because i'm glad that i externalized those words because it's easier for me to understand them my fucking brain is so muddled if I don't verbalize the shit I'm trying to think about. And like, I really do. When I like break and, and can kind of see past all the layers of the ways that I feel inadequate and that I don't, and the parts of me that thinks I can't do it, that I really believe my living can be talking to the internet it's crazy how much more i believe in myself when i'm talking to my friends than when i'm at home alone and just being like it's just not good like i just never think it's good enough and yeah. i back back to the well you gotta see you're grounded for nine weeks like if it's not perfect it's not good enough and if it's not good enough you sh can't see it Oh, wow, bro. <laughs> I wonder if her iPad died. Wow. Oh, we're back. Wait. Okay. Here we go. I don't know what the hell just happened. I don't know, but you cut out like at the end of a point. It was like a perfect cutoff. So. Oh, oh, so now we're back and, and everything's peachy. After this commercial break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. yo, real talk before we move on. Did you listen to that song I sent you? I did. I did. It sounded like plants dancing. Whoa. 
Damn, that's so you know, cool. You know what it you know what it reminds me of actually now that I'm thinking about it? Plants dancing is like the vague, like Gaussian blur version of it. But it reminds me of when I was doing shrooms and I, I realized I started tripping because I was looking at the I was looking at the tree across the street and it was just the way it was moving. It was speaking to me. Mm. It was it was communicating with me. It wasn't just the wind. It was it was very specific the way mm. she was moving. Yep. So that's what it reminds me of. Damn, that's like the highest compliment I could ever hear. Yeah, my pleasure. It was great. It, it and... made me it made me feel like, wow, I should start doing demos because I I have lyrics. And sometimes I'll do lyrics and melodies, but getting as far as demos and like instrumentals, that's where I have like a little bit of a roadblock. And up to this point is where I have a roadblock. Like that whole song was freestyle and I just recorded it and then I added harmonies and shit. Incredible. And that's like, that's been the avenue for my creativity ever since I was 16 was freestyle rapping. And so for years, I have felt so down on myself and so inadequate because when it comes to the sitting, making it, doing something with it and putting something together that's so actually, overwhelming, I'm just like, uh, like, and I could just never get over that hump. And like making that song was like, literally like four hours in garage band for the first time ever and i haven't sat back down since that day can't top this i I feel like if i if i had the resources that beyonce or halsey or any of those like billboard 100 artists had i could be making banging shit but then then i catch myself like like you beyonce has been doing this for 20 years and she started when she was like eight years old You need to give yourself some grace and relax. Yeah, dude. Like, I, it does feel like I'm like, God, I just want to hire a team or like a producer or like an editor. And, uh, well, my brother is actually, I think he graduates next year. He went to school for, um, sonic engineering i think or music technology is the is the degree he has so cool. he can like um produce and audio engineer things so he could like work on a tv show or for a theater or producing tracks and um i co-signed his loan because i was like he's like hey can you co-sign wow. this for me and i was like yeah but you owe me when you make it you can't like you you have to produce songs for me buddy like if i request it remember this moment (laughs) so literally dude and that's like like now in my life i'm recognizing that like community is the fucking whole thing it's all about networking it's all about networking my mother would drill that into i was socially anxious as a child i was just so terrified of saying the wrong thing or being around people I didn't know because I just didn't know if I could trust them or like, I don't whatever it was. And my mom was like, you got to stop doing that because it's all about who, you know, it's all about who, you know, it's all about networking and networking has gotten me a lot of opportunities 
And the first time I really saw it come to fruition, like in such a real way, was when we got to stay in Thailand for two weeks because in this nice penthouse type situation, because my mom randomly chatted up this this woman at a bar who was sitting alone. And then four or five years later, we're visiting her and her husband in Thailand. Wow. I love Thailand. It was beautiful. I lived there for a year. Did you really? Yeah. Did you live in Bangkok? I lived an hour south in a small okay. town. Really? Yeah. How did I you end English. up doing that? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Was it like was it like a study abroad thing or was it like um right out of college I want to travel this no, I'm going to teach I, English? I did it just the the full year right before the pandemic. I flew back to the states like right when the pandemic hit. Wow. It was crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was like walking through an empty Seoul, South Korean airport. Like we were the only people in the whole airport. It was insane. Oh my God. But yeah. Thailand I was... is cool. And I, I want to say real quick that like I am like so turned off by the word networking because it sounds so businessy to me. And it sounds like connections for connections sake. It sounds like the How am I gonna use this accumulate person? the business cards to use them to climb a, a means to an end. And I understand that that's, that's not really what it is, but yeah, I think like, yeah, definitely like the opening yourself up to strangers, which I'm happy to report we no longer are. Love to see it. You know, like that's, that's the shit. And it's like, yeah, it makes me think of going to a networking event, which seems so like skeezy to me. So I can rub elbows with the rich people. Right, right. But yeah. I think, um, I think I had a thought in it and it ran away from me. (laughs) Mm. Fuck what I was going to say. Oh, I, fun fact about me. I see everybody as an extension of myself. Mm. I don't know if that's like a conceited thing to say or a a very enlightened thing to say because (laughs) um, cue my little, my little cuppy. But um, I definitely think enlightened. Yeah. Well, and like, I think about, I recorded this TikTok in um, Mexico. I was there, but I never posted it because I'm a perfectionist. And so I was like, I need it to be said this this specific way. Mm. So at least seven videos are sitting in my drafts about this concept. But Fucking um, post it. <laughs> I will. I will. I'm telling okay. you. <laughs> um, but I had written down. I want to go to Mexico with my friend Matias because he's from Mexico and I always wanted to go. My dad's Mexican. Da, 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 da. And literally a week later, I just randomly write it down, not even thinking or attaching anything to it. A week later, he's like, Hey, do you want to go to Mexico with me and my dad for my grandma's birthday? Like, you don't, you, all you have to do is like pay for your ticket. Everything else will be taken care of. And I was like, very much. Yes. It's supposed to be 11 days. I stayed for, I think, 20. I think I was there for almost like three weeks because um, I lied to my job and I said I got COVID. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so I came home to like no PTO or whatever, but whatever. And um, 
there was a point to this. What was it? Oh, the TikTok. So basically, we're if we're all made of the same thing, like if everything in the universe, we're at our smallest, most basic level, are made of the same thing, like the pieces of atoms, the pieces of protons and electrons and neutrons, we're all made of it. Mm-hmm. So we're all connected. Like at, scientifically, we're all connected, and science has proven that the universe is ever growing. It's constantly expanding. Yeah. Which to me says that the universe is a benevolent one, not a destructive one or malevolent because we would see evidence of it being destructive. We wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't be growing, it would be decaying. And with that being said, if I'm a piece of the universe, why would the universe not want me to win? Why would the universe not want itself to grow and expand and reach levels it hasn't before? Like, of course it wants me to experience what I want to experience because that's what the universe wants at the most basic level. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And I think thinking about like, first of all, do I know what I want to experience? Like, have I given myself the space to really dream and even if you had would you have dreamed big enough or would you have like how can you dream about doing something that you didn't know about until five years later you know what i mean and i also think like when it comes to you know this is kind of circling around the idea of manifestation a little bit Mm -hmm. right and and i think i think in a way it's like something that I never learned growing up, but like that's kind of also what prayer is a little bit is it's just like, you're just thinking about what you want. And I think the most important thing is asking for it. I think it's recognizing that like, we are not going to be in control of how it comes to be or what it looks like, but in the act, of having a particular dream and goal that we are thinking about, visualizing. And the most important part, and this is like actually what I think it is, and it's the reason that we need to be specific about shit is because the specificity of our dreams is how we allow ourselves to think about what the feeling of having our dream would be. Like when you're writing a novel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You want to give those descriptor words to put the reader in the space and, and get lost in the book and lost in the experience and feel what the characters feel. Yeah. Being specific about it. And so like, I, I don't know all the forms that are and the opportunities that are going to come to me. But if I think about that, I want to think about how, good I will feel when they do. And then that feeling may not be accompanied by the dream I had visualized, but it will be better and it will be different. Exactly. But but that feeling will fucking come. And so I think we have to, as, you know, neurodivergent people have to apply that logic to the to the process, to the grueling process of 
whatever it is we're trying to accomplish of the goal and the system, you know, like when I'm, when we start making music, like applying that this hard work and effort is going to produce something that is going to bring this a great feeling, like following that feeling of, Oh, this excites me. Oh, this is making me feel a way that I love chasing that because have you, have you ever gotten into like, um, human design or anything like that? Yes. Yes. Woo. Woo. <laughs> I was thinking about asking you that earlier, but I thought it would—I thought it would be a shot in the dark. No, I was like, uh, it's gonna—it's gonna come up in the conversation. We'll eventually get to a point <laughs> where it'll happen because I am an astrology bitch. I started with tarot, yeah, and then I maneuvered my way into astrology to where I like. It's strange because I started with tarot and I like was really understanding it and liking it. And then I dropped that for a little while and then I picked up astrology and I really understood that and did that for a while. And I had to drop that because I was doing my full-time big girl job. And then now I'm starting to see HD and like picking that up. So eventually they all come together and I'm like, like the Pikachu meme. Hmm. So... You brought up human design. Is there mm-hmm. like a is there like a particular aspect to your design that has like that's been like a light bulb for you? I think so. I'm a manifesting generator. Cool. Thank you. And um, I think when I learned that we should be following our excitement, I was like, holy shit! Why is that such? Why did it take me so long to think about that and really? understand it like it's one thing to be like yeah follow your excitement follow your bliss but then it's another thing to embody that and really feel it in your body how it's supposed to be at that like cellular understanding yeah and that concept is what like that concept of being following what makes me excited and also the other concept that I just explained of like, we're all connected and why would the universe not want us to win or give us what we want? Yeah. They like converged and came together and I was like, holy shit, this is a secret to the universe. Same thing with like Abraham Hicks, you know, they also are like, just do what makes you happy. Who the fuck cares? But I'm like, my bills care. And then it comes, and then it comes into like, you just have to have faith and trust. Harper, please. She's like, exactly. Um, you have faith and trust that <laughs> that when you jump, you'll you'll fall into a bed of feathers. Like, why do we assume the worst is going to happen? Yeah, I I just had this image of like, you know, the fool mm. the tarot card. Like, it's like a. There's a, there's a type of leap there, right? And I just had this image of like, of like my fear is like halfway into the jump being like, ah, and then falling, right? Be like, wait, like, wait, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. Yeah. And just like not being able to take back the leap, but then stopping my momentum because of the fear. It's- and then that, that leading to something worse than I could imagine. The fear of change is really, it's really crazy how it's almost like an innate human response to be scared of change. When change is God, the only constant in life is that 
change is inevitable. Like, yeah, why we fight it so hard is kind of, kind of wild. Like, I used to think that I was like, oh, I love change, but I only like change when it's forced on me. To ask me to change for myself with no other outside forces, I just, I struggle with that. I don't know. And is it because my relationship with myself could be better? Probably. Mm. Totally. And prioritizing our relationship with ourself. It's kind of like, I'm kind of like, what does that even look like? Like, how can I deepen that with intention? Yeah, in like, like, I talk to myself all the time. I physically, like, speak aloud to myself, and there's always a little monologue happening in my brain. There's always a voice or two ha- having a conversation. So I'm... I have this illusion that I am close with myself and I know myself well and, and, and I have a relationship, but, but it's more than just speaking to yourself and it's more than just like taking a bath every once in a while or putting on lotion. I don't know. So many layers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm thinking a lot, more right now about like the ways that I feed myself and how a lot of a lot of my life it's been very mindless and it feels like a huge undertaking to like you know make lots of my own stuff and it's like I think part of it is as then I'm like how do, how do I have time for anything if I'm going to make myself a big meal every single day? Yeah. Like, especially like trying out stuff that I, that I see on TikTok that I'm like, I could do that, but I don't know where to start and I don't have this one thing and I don't know where to get it. So then I, then I forget about it. Or a simple task like making, I can't, I can't remember what I was making. But it should not have taken me as long. Like, it should have taken me an hour at the most. It took me fucking three hours, I think. Like, why? Because time moves differently for me. I perceive time so differently than neurotypical people do. Like, I'm late all the time. And I used, like, it's a running joke that I say, oh, I run on Latino time. Because notoriously late to everything. Well, it's not even that they're late. It's that they, they have a very, like, I'll get there when I get there. Outlook on life. Mm-hmm. And um Thank you brain for completely eradicating that thought. I mean, that's like that's how like most of the world is to be real. I want nothing more than to live outside of the United States. Bro, I'm clamoring for that again. When I was, when I was nine, thank you so much. Um, When I was nine, I moved with my family to Chile, which is. Oh, Chile. We lost you at Chile. When you were nine, Chile. Um, 
Here we go. All right. And we're back. At, I lost you at Chile. Chile. So I lived um, I lived on the coast of Chile. And that that's the west coast of South America. And mm-hmm. uh, I lived there for a year. So I turned 10 over there. And that was the first time that I'd ever really been out of the country. Like, I'd been to Tijuana, but I was so young. And uh, it was... It was an experience that I really enjoyed, but it made me it made me realize what I had mm. and the reality of America, because for whatever reason, when I was a child, I was just like so into being patriotic. And then I got there. <laughs> I had a little red, white and blue uh, uh, bikini bathing suit thing as a child. Yeah. And little did she know and um we got out there and my dad was like hey you can't wear that on the beach anymore like you're gonna have to get a different swimming suit and i was like well why he's like foreign countries aren't really huge fans of americans like they could take you they could abduct you for money or they could just abduct you like you should just not advertise that you're american i was like oh okay and then i started seeing it from like a an outside perspective of like, hold on, wait, wow. wait. Yeah. It was crazy. But since then I've been to like Thailand and Jamaica and, and the Cayman Islands, Cozumel, can no, uh, Acapulco, Mexico city. Um, I'll go to Costa Rica in March. I'm trying to see the world before it burns. Yeah, dude. When I was in Thailand, my roommate was a big scuba diver. Ooh. It, it, and she was talking about how, like, a lot of the, the Southeast Asian islands are, like, in, are, like, natural disasters, are, like, a new everyday type shit. And that it's, like, she was, like, I'm about to, tr-. she was, she was, like, working like two jobs had all these tutoring gigs was making all this extra money just to go scuba diving because she was like these lots of these islands might be gone before i have another opportunity to fucking go like that we ain't playing around bro the world is crazy i just watched my kitten take a piss on my carpet oh i saw you looking (laughs) I tried to throw my watch at him. I was like, you fucker. And he just, he like turned back and looked and he was like, and kept going. Oh, man. There's a litter box right over there. I know what his deal Bro. is. Oh, he needs to be, he needs to be fixed. That's probably what it is. Mm. Sigh. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I want to get up and move, but I know that the deed is already done. So. Yeah, I think, like, obviously it's different, right? You were, like, a, a child when you were in Chile. But I think in a, in a lot of my experience, which mostly was in Thailand, but from lots of my friends and stuff, is that I lots of foreigners don't like America, but they love Americans. Interesting. And I think... I think it depends on on where you go to. 
and the type of American you are, because I yeah, know a yeah. lot of people who True. shit like and be like, Americans are dumb. And I'm like, yes, but not because they're willful. Well, sometimes they are willfully ingrate, ignorant, but a lot of the time it's because they're so uneducated because of the state. So it's not by accident yeah. that Americans True. are unfortunately uneducated. Miss Mavis, please. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to, like, going to Mexico, I was so... Because the, the food in Thailand was A1 premium, mm. fresh. I didn't gain a pound while I was over there. Yeah. I think I lost a couple pounds. And, oh, God, I miss it. There was this one salad called Morning Glory at a couple of the places that we ate. Ooh, I love Morning Glory. It was so good. It literally tasted like hot Cheetos to me. It tasted like hot Cheetos on oh, greens. Yes. And they also had this one sauce called Plum Sauce. It mm -hmm. was like, oh, I, I love it. I miss it. They still live out there, so I would go back if I could because I was I was there in 2019, which ironically was like one of the worst years of my life, and I was like at such a low. I was at one of the lowest. That's yeah. when I was there too. Where I was there in May. I was there. Yeah, uh, I, I got there the in of, April. I got there in April. That's we crazy. were there at the same time. That's that's cool. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So we were in Bangkok for most of the time, and then we went to Wahine for a beach a beach trip and um it was just me and my mom i kind of vlogged this a little bit because i was like oh, i'm gonna start my youtube career and then on my old yeah. phone i was like i'm gonna vlog this but then i never followed through and put it on youtube um but we just me and my mom went took a little bus to try and travel three hours to wahin and um got so burnt that i couldn't lift my shoulder higher than like Boy. shoulder length the sun is something different out there and uh oh god the people were so nice ja okay asian the asian culture so so kind and polite which i knew previously yeah. but actually experiencing it because i think we stopped in nagasaki or one of the japanese um airports for one of our layovers and they were so nice. I was like, oh my God, if it wasn't so expensive to live out here, maybe I would do it. But, oh God, I miss being abroad. The food, the fruit. In Mexico, they had the best papaya. You, okay, you should go to Mexico City. If anybody is watching this, has the urge to go to Mexico, I'm begging you to go to Mexico City. They have the best tacos like that seems like a like duh but <laughs> you have not had tacos until you've had the suaderno tacos or the pastor tacos and they're open all like they're literally open until four in the morning they open at like like two in the afternoon four in the afternoon and stay open all night basically oh, i miss you mexico yeah dude like just like, yeah, like thinking about those places and just like you can just literally see in the way that you interact with with getting street food, with walking through the streets. It's like 
the culture is community oriented. Yes. And it fucking blew my mind. Like just how it highlighted, like I knew my neighbors, I, we were like the only foreigners on our little street in our small town. And like, I couldn't really, none of our neighbors spoke much English. So we just learned the pleasantries, but like we hung out and we'd said hi. And like, everyone was like all night, everyone was just hanging out on the street together. And like, I was just like, holy shit. Like I, I've never known any of my neighbors in my whole life. The way that I got to know and love these Thai people with whom I could barely communicate. Yes. Like, oh. In Mexico, they say hello and goodbye to everybody. Like, it is it is the proper thing to do. When you walk into a room, you say hello to everybody, regardless of whether you know them or not, and then you say goodbye, regardless of whether you said hello or you know them or not. And it's interesting, actually. I was I just thought about it today. I saw so many people walking out from work just looking down whether they were on their phones or just literally looking at their feet as they were walking they were just so to themselves whereas yeah today whereas like in mexico or even thailand they like in mexico they, they will say hello they're very friendly they will say hello and start like bantering with you or whatever very polite like if i see you or we're in the same elevator or we're passing each other like ships in the night they will acknowledge you in america it's it's very different and i I used to think i liked it like like this where i just keep to myself because everybody is a threat but i'm starting to realize that maybe maybe i was lied to like maybe not everybody is a threat and Mm. Maybe I'm stopping myself or preventing myself from experiencing certain things, which I'm a, I'm, I'm five, four and a woman I am female presenting. So you have to be careful and aware, but also at the same time at what cost? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Even like, as I was about to go to Thailand, just like the amount of, you know, my like parents and grandparents and and other people, how fucking worried they were about me. They were just like, it was just like, not America, danger. Which is so crazy because America's kind of dangerous. Yeah, bruh. Seriously. Uh... And like, we can't see it. Because the only perspective we get of ourselves is from us. Yeah. That's why I constantly thank God that I wasn't a part of this small town mindset. Because my mom is from a a small town in Missouri. And my dad, my dad was, grew up in St. Louis, so whatever. But if you've ever been to St. Louis, you know that St. Louis is a big small town. Mm. Like, St. Louis is not what it used to be. And... I think Kansas city might be bigger. I have no idea, but I, I have had so many people be like, they can tell that I'm not from around here just by the way I behave or whatever. And first of all, I love that for me because I 
would despise being recognized as a small as a small townie. But secondly, it's unfortunate the amount of people that I know that haven't left the state. Some of them yeah. haven't left the city. Right. Some of them don't intend on leaving the country. And I'm like, how can you know that this is where you're supposed to be if you don't look other places? Why does my iPad do this to me? Oh, I think my oh, Wi-Fi is, is uh, maybe my roommates started watching TV downstairs. Work. I hope so. it's good TV. Better be. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I just saying? I'm so oh, sorry. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, we were talking about. Oh, I was just saying, like, it is a privilege to be able to leave. Yes, that is true. And I have to remember that, you know, or to to have the courage to leave even because sometimes people have the True. means, but they do not have the desire because they like it in their They like being a big fish in a small pond. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a story I heard on a podcast years ago of of like thinking about like you like a a person has a family and they want, they know they need a bigger apartment, but they like, they can't save up the money. And they're like for years and years, they're just like saying, this isn't good enough. We need better, but you, you know, not able to put together the funds. And then all of a sudden one day your landlord evicts you. I mean, it's exactly what we've been talking about. And then what happens? You find the place. Is God speaking to us right now? Do you feel God in this chilies? <laughs> because very that. And so I think, and again, it's like understanding the power of our circumstances. And at the same time, often forgetting how much power we have. And you know what? If you're forced out, then, like, if you regret the decision, it's not your fault that that you left the job because you were fired. They made the decision yeah. for you. It take yeah, it definitely takes away your power and your responsibility. There's just, yeah, there's like, yeah, it's like, like, I'm trying to think of the metaphor of like these like standing layers. in your own way. Yeah, or like, yeah, like layers of saran wrap at the top of a water slide and you can't see it. And you're like, why can't I go? And each layer is, I don't think that I'm going to be able to afford it. I don't think I'm worthy of having wow. it. But you just think that my circumstances don't let me. And it's hard for us to see how much our own beliefs about our reality are that invisible barrier between what we want, the experience we know we want. And it's 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 crazy because again, I hear that concept all the time, but it's so hard to like feel that on a cellular level. Like it's hard to realize like okay, yeah, I guess I create my reality, but like I didn't create 40-hour work weeks and I didn't <laughs> yeah. Like I I, I could create my reality, but like how? Like 
I'm I'm like a tactile learner. Like I need you to show me and then I need you to watch me do it and then you need to let me do it on my own. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. and so I don't I don't really it's crazy. It's so crazy. And it's like real quick that versus what being that we're supposed to know it when we read it in a textbook. I could never learn from textbooks. I had such a hard time teaching myself from textbooks. I literally in college, they're like, or even in high school, they're like, read the text and we'll discuss. And I'm like, I'm not reading that. I'm spark noting it. And then I learned more from the discussion we had in class. Yeah. So I didn't even have to read the books. I have learned more from listening to podcasts than I learned in college. Yeah. Swear to God. And college for me, fortunately for me, thank God, because I, I ended up going to college for free because I live in a place that has the A plus program. So thank you. And uh, basically if you go to a high school that's A plus affiliated for three years and you get like at least a 2.0 GPA or something like that, and you have 95% attendance, you can go to a community college. And um, I did that. I actually remember being in like sixth or seventh grade and I told my parents that I did not want to go to college because I had no interest in having any debt. And I also knew in my heart of hearts that I didn't, the things that I wanted to go to college for are not things that you need a degree for. I knew that I wanted to be an artist. So I was like, if you're not a doctor or a lawyer, why the fuck do I need to pay thousands of dollars to go to college? I know that's not what I want. And um, they ended up making me cry a 12 year old girl because I they're like you're going and I was like no you can't make me and they're like yes we can you're going and I was like all right well are you paying for it they're like no you are like you can't make me go on my own dollar but ended up working out for me and college is where I really learned that I could paint like it my dad is an artist like a visual artist And um, it never occurred to me that I could develop the skill to be a visual artist. I I just thought music was it for me. And then I took a painting class and I was like, well, hold on. I'm actually, I'm actually kind of good at this. This is, this isn't actually, I'm going to go grab the first painting I ever painted. I would show you, but my room's a mess. So BRB. Behold, the first painting I ever painted. What? Yeah. Why is it crooked? There we go. I want to see if... Okay, I can see a little closer. Oh my god, that is freaking epic, dude. Thank you. And this, like, this proved to me, the skull specifically... How do you do things in the mirror? Um, I was like... I'm an artist. Like I was shocked that I could do something like this. And uh, this is oil paint. And I was like, it, it just fucking blew my mind. In that class, the teacher that I studied under, she was incredible. She really 
broke it down for me and made me realize that everything in life is a skill. Everything in life is a skill, which means everything in life is a, is something that can be learned to do. It's not like a nat- nobody's inherently, yeah. right. you know, and what really stuck with me is she's like, okay, cause I would get really frustrated with my painting specifically this one. Cause I was like, it's so much going on. Cause it was a collage of other like famous paintings. And I was like, this is so much detail. Like, I don't think I can do this. And she's like, heaven, big shapes first and then medium shapes and then small shapes and then details. And then you're done. Wow. And I was like, that's insanely simple, but like, it's another one of those things. Like it's so, so simple. And yet, so difficult to to focus on right because you just want to get to the end yeah dude i think like yeah thinking about like all of my you know limited art classes up through high school it was just like it was just so associated with like, I w- it wasn't in touch with the creative side of things. It was like mm. art assignment class. Yeah. And so I never trusted myself in it because there were rules and expectations. And so it makes that, it that so rigid. It just like took away any belief that I had and I look around and other people are getting it. And I was just like, again, well, I don't care because I think I suck. So I'm not going to care. So I don't care about the fact that I think I suck. The image I'm getting from that is like, it goes back to the ADHD where because it has these specific set of rules, you're like water in a vessel. Like I'm going to meet those rules. I'm going to, I'm going to cage myself into this shape because that's what you're expecting of me. And that's the box that you're putting me in. And those are the rules that are being applied versus like freestyling, which uh, I actually used to meditate like that. So with um, drawing, I would smoke a little weed. I would sit down and I would, uh, just let my hands move and I anytime I like tweaked out over oh it's not looking good it's not pretty it's not this I would tell myself relax we're here to re- enjoy the process and let go of expectation and I would create things that I was like holy shit I had no vision for this it just it just brought itself to life with my hands and I think that's why you and I really enjoy um, not having to like have any rules. Like for me, writing is easier when I, when I don't have a beat sometimes because I can go anywhere with it. There are no limitations, only, only my creativity. Right. Yeah. And I think like, there's like the feeling of like, like with that song I made, I was like, Oh, in the, in the way that I freestyle, there's a way that I can like be in the creative space of 
you know, it was like my creativity always took place on the stage of someone else's music. Mm. And recognizing... It was never exactly what you envisioned or exactly what you what you wanted it to be. Yeah. Cuz I I like freestyling on beats on YouTube, but yeah. they're never they're never the genre that I want them to be. They're never mm-hmm. the like I, I can't explain what I want, but I know that it's not that. You know? Totally. And that makes me think about like the the networking possibilities within TikTok. Like even just in the past like two weeks, I've I've been like connecting with this this musician and like other people and like just understanding that like the way that community will come to me is by allowing that community to see who I am first. Putting like, yourself out there. Yeah. Like it's not Very gonna scary. come any other way. Like, and that's the thing. It's like to like anything that I want, like, you know, the the desire to have a a deep conversation with someone who I think we, we would have a cool conversation. It's like I have to initiate a lot of the time Mm -hmm. and like and this is a huge lesson I learned from my roommate in Thailand because I was very much like like I was like such a tiny child to myself now back then how old were you when you were over there uh 25 and like what I learned from Andrea was like you can just invite people to hang out all the time. Like we had this group of foreigners who we were all teaching. And like every night I would just be in my room watching Netflix or working on my lesson. And like, like, you know, six nights a week, she'd be like, Hey, I'm inviting everyone to come to dinner. Hey, I invited everyone over. Hey, you want to come to this thing? We're going to go see the soccer game with my Thai friends. And like, I was like, yeah, all I have to, if all I have to do is say yes, I'm there. And understand that that's something that I can offer you and I can offer us. Like it's exciting to say yes to something cool. Yeah. Or new opportunities, like things you'll never be able to do again. Yeah. Uh, When we were in Thailand, actually, we were on Khao San Road and um, we were at this one restaurant and this server this gentleman server he was so sweet he was so cute and nice and just very vibrant and smiley and he didn't speak very much much english but my mom was like do you want to come out with us later tonight like we're gonna come back and party and do you want to like meet up and show us where you like to go and he surely did he was like yeah i get off at this time and we we didn't talk about a lot. We literally just sat there and smiled at each other pretty much the whole night. But we um, met up on the road and we had a few drinks and listened to some music. And then he was like, okay, come where I hang out. Yeah. And he took us to like this, this hole in the wall. We would not have found it on our own, um, right. but it was this like exclusively Thai bar. Like w- me, my mom 
maybe like two or three other people were American, like non-Thai. And it was just full of Thai people. And it was it was so interesting. I was so grateful for that experience because as I was at the time, I was uncomfortable with myself because, like I said, it was a dark time. But it was so cool to see how other people commune and vibe and how at the end of the day, we're all human beings. And so we all have something to relate to, which is yeah. why. It's so cool to talk to literally anybody because regardless of what they have to say, there is there is absolutely at least three things you can relate to with any given person. Yeah. And that's humanity. It's beautiful sometimes. Yeah, we're like, we're looking to share with others. And... When you share with other people, you also learn about yourself. Yeah. So crazy. And another thing that I was thinking about earlier was now, because of this conversation, I've learned a few things and I've made a few like connections in my mind. So there's literally been synapses in my brain that have been created and neural pathways that have probably been created because of you. So in theory, there is a piece of you within me now, and yeah. I'll carry that through my life until the day that I die. Yeah. Wow. Epic. Incredible, even. <laughs> oh. So, we taking a leap or what? Oh, absolutely. I think tomorrow I have to put in my two weeks. Here's another thing that I was thinking about today as well. I, It's crazy how I gaslight myself. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't see people talking about it a lot, but how often do we really gaslight ourselves? Because the amount of times that I have known a person or a situation or in this case, a job was no longer meant for me that it served its purpose or that I should not even touch it with a 10 foot pole. And then I'm like, mm, maybe you're just, maybe you're just not grateful enough. Maybe you're just not in a positive. Maybe it's your mentality, buddy. Like maybe you wow. should be grateful for this like decent paying job. Right. And, and just you know, pick yourself up by the bootstraps and feel feel good about it. Like, force yourself to feel good about it. And it reminds me of, oh, wait, that probably comes from my mom. Because I told my mom that I was like, hey, I'm thinking about quit. I'm thinking about putting in my two weeks. Because we're not allowed to wear shorts or jeans with holes in them. And so I'm like, fuck, I need to find some clothes to wear today. And I was getting frustrated. And I was like, hey, man, this is too much. I just feel so restricted in, in who I am. And this is like kind of the straw that broke the camel's back energy. And I was like, I think I'm going to put in my two weeks. And she was like, you better have something lined up. Mm. You better not have another job lined up. And I'm like, and then she slips into this whole, cause we work at the same place. She slips into this whole like spiel about how basically you're going to be miserable at your job. And that's just a part of being an adult. Just deal with it. Ugh. Like, 
Killer. Oh my God. It, I don't think she understands the way that that single conversation just. Oh, we lost you again. Sorry guys for the, the constant interruptions, but heaven keeps coming back. So we're chilling. And we're back. Hey, don't so, step on that. Yeah, so but I don't think you understand that that single conversation. Yeah, that single conversation like broke my heart. I realized uh, that unfortunately without without her realizing it, she's my op. She's literally my opposition. She's standing in my way. Bro, and also what she's admitting to you is that she's miserable. No, genuinely, like in that even in that moment as upset as I was, I was like all I wanted was you to support me and then she retorts with uh i do support you i pay the rent in this house i pay for the food i pay all this and i'm mm. like i was like mom i want emotional support because she assumed when i asked for support that i wanted financial support yeah, because totally. why would you even think that your eldest daughter would ask for emotional support that's just how irregular it feels I you're think. an adult yeah, like as soon as you become an adult, it's deal with it. Because I, I feel like when I was a kid, it was like you can do anything. But now that I think about it, I don't know that I was ever told that. Which is why, rounding back to it, I wanted to be an entertainer and a performer. But I knew that I, I just knew somebody was going to tell me that I need to be realistic. Or, oh, that's so cute. What do you actually want to do? Yeah. And so... To have her, like, to have your mother, because unfortunately, we're all seeking our parents' approval um, until until you realize you do that and you decide to not do that. Mavis, please. My cat. Um, I just wanted her to say that she believed in me when I didn't think I could do it, when I didn't think that I could, you know survive this you know what i mean yeah and she literally did just say i'm miserable at my job too but i'm doing it i'm like but you don't have to be you don't have to be miserable <laughs> oh man yeah but then i called my dad and i was like hey dad uh <laughs> i was literally like crying at in the like parking lot of my job like in front of people i was sitting at the little bench and um, people were passing me, like walking into work, watching me, like just like sob <laughs> on the phone with my dad. And he's like, dude, that's not true. You just you just I was just like, I just need to hear it. He's like, yeah, that's not true. Life is not about being miserable and you do not have to work a job that makes you unhappy. Like you should prioritize being happy in life. It was such it was such it just pulled the rug from beneath my feet to know that my mom without even thinking was like heard me say that the job makes me miserable and then was like suck it up buttercup like you said that to your child hmm. what happened to wanting better for me the way you pushed me when I was in sixth grade man right yeah it's like it was insane yeah, it's like, would you tell your sixth grader 
that when they tell you that settle for going, less, baby. Going to dance class makes you miserable. Sorry, I already paid for the dance class. You have to go. You need to stick it out, man. Yeah. Ugh. You can't be a quitter, which there is a fine line of like I, being I, a quitter. I agree. Yeah. And that, and I think that comes back to like the gaslighting thing where I'm like, am I a quitter? Is it my mentality? Is it am I being biased in this situation? Like, am I biased on trying to quit my job because I'm unhappy with my home life or I'm unhappy with something outside of the job? Mm. And then I'm like, no, because I hate waking up to go to the job. Like, I just yeah. don't want to go in. And then when I go out for lunch to sit on the the lawn, I all I'm always like, is this the day that I just don't go back inside? Is it today? Mm. so yeah and then you get you hit those moments of like yeah today's the day i'm gonna quit i'm gonna put in my two weeks and then you like as soon as you get back into the cubicle you like shrink down you're like i don't i don't know this this pays me enough to survive so so i better just shut my mouth and be grateful yeah shut my fucking mouth how dare you ask for more? I was just going to say, who am I to ask for more? Who am I to be happy and pursue what <laughs> I was put on this earth to pursue? Yeah. Because that's another thing is like, am I creating a butterfly effect by not quitting my job? Like, is, so, is somebody out there not getting a job because I'm not quitting? You know what I mean? Or... And also, did your mom say that to you to help you to realize you actually want to quit? Right? Is can you find that purpose in her statement? Oh, oh yeah. Like as much as it hurt me in the moment, I'm kind of I've always been like a silver linings kind of girl. Um, I have always been a uh like everything happens for a reason. Even in the moment, in the shit where I'm like, this fucking sucks. I'm like, okay. I know at some point it's going to be revealed to me why this had to happen. Like, I thought for a long time that my parents getting divorced ruined my life. And then shortly thereafter, I was like, oh, no, this probably saved my life. Mm. So... In the moment, I was like, wow, I'm having a panic attack. I'm crying. I cried, like, all day. <laughs> I was, like, answering phone calls from these people who are asking about their taxes and, like, just silent tears streaming down my face. <laughs> wow. And I was like, this is kind of funny because that's how I deal with my trauma. But um, I realized, like, okay this showed me that my mom obviously doesn't support me and not because that sh she doesn't want to, but probably because she doesn't have the mental capacity to. And, you know, I'm thinking that like, if, you know, in her recognition, right. If she had really heard you and supported you in that, then that would mean she would have to recognize that in herself. Yeah. To allow you, right, and to support you in that, yeah, it's like that. The means, cognitive dissonance. That means yeah. an, an expecting of my misery, and I want to just say that's how it is. 
Because if you are miserable and you want happiness, well, then what am I doing? Yeah. Why can't I have that? Shoot it. Yeah. 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 And then you know what she would say? Well, because I have to take care of you all. When I... And that's maybe true. Yeah, but... But... Yeah. My youngest brother is 15. Mm. He's like always booed up with his girlfriend. He's I'm I'm almost positive he's upstairs right now with his girlfriend. Like he it's I I get concerned for her and I've I felt this way for a long time. I've been concerned for her when I realize like being a mom is her identity. Right. And unfortunately that happens to a lot of mothers, especially single mothers. And what's going to happen when your last child moves out? Who are you then? And then you will be forced to deal with that. Yeah, dude. And sometimes being forced to deal with it doesn't end in the ways that we want it to. So. Yeah. Yeah, my parents got divorced while I was in Thailand. So like three years ago. And then my sister moved out like a year ago or so. And so it was like in the span of like two years, my mom went from having never lived without her youngest child, without living with her husband, to all of a sudden she is completely alone all the time. And can drive a person mad and i and like you know i think she's struggling with that because it's like you know the community in her life was always just kind of the given it was it was the fam and now like that's all dispersed everywhere and it's you know short spurts of connection and she's like having to look at how much she isolated herself in the misery of an unhappy marriage having to recognizing how much of her friendships she stopped putting care into because she just wanted to just hang out with my youngest sister and not address shit. And it was like this deep unhappiness that just like, she was just checking out. And now it's like, all she knows how to do is kind of check out from her life, you know, by watching TV. And I'm kind of seeing like, I feel like a camaraderie with her in a, in a way where I, she's really become like a, just a person, like my friend. Yeah. Because it's like, there's in the ways that we're, we're starting to have a relationship. That's not just her momness. I can see how it's like, yo, we're both figuring it out, dude. Yeah. Like, you know, like, and I can see how much she feels like she doesn't have as many options. Like she's so ingrained and that all she can do is just wait, wait it out. I'm just going to go to work and I'll never find someone else. And I'm just going to get a dog and hang out with my dog and just watch the newest. Living is futile. Yeah. And it's like, Bro, and that, and that to me is like, it's a product of our society, 
where it's like the prioritization in America is the tiny, small family unit and throw away the other aspects of community because this is your priority. And when that's your priority and it's fucking stressful, you don't have the energy or the time to maintain the rest of those community bonds, right? That's why when I look at back to Thailand, I'm like, there are all these families who don't just have their family. It takes a village. It's yeah. not just a saying because it's fun. Like, yeah. it's true. It's so true. And I think, I think it's interesting because when you said you're finally becoming friends, I was like, wow, that's such a, that's a juxtaposition to my relationship with my mother mm-hmm. because I was born in a time where my mom was, she was passively suicidal, I think. There, she's told me stories of what, uh, she lived in St. Louis and she would walk up to gangbangers. This is in the 90s, like the late 90s. Uh, and just tell them that they were stupid and that, like, why aren't you donating to Toys for Tots? Or, like, why are you a gangbanger? Like, that's just dumb. Uh, just, like, wanting to get knocked the fuck out. Like, looking for a fight. And um, she met my dad, and they were, like, messing around for three months. And then, oh, hey, uh, there's a baby in here. So then they got thrown into, like, this mare. I was at my parents' wedding thrown into this marriage had three more kids all this other stuff and like oh come back to me point where was where were we going with this Um, oh so i was my mom was 23 when she had me and then my dad enlisted (laughs) like literally my mom was 23 and my dad was 20 my dad turned 21 like six weeks after i was born in boot camp in boot camp because he um he went to boot camp like i think two weeks after i was born and so we moved to california and i was my mom's only friend for like a long time Mm. and she's like that's why you're so smart because i talk to you like a like a human person Mm -hmm. and you were my friend and it stayed that way like she did mother me but from a friendship standpoint sure and so now we're learning how to have a mother-daughter relationship instead of just being friends. And that's it it hurts. It's heartbreaking because I'm like, wow, this I've only ever known her as like my best friend and now that I don't feel comfortable telling her everything, I'm like, oh shit, this is like I'm mourning the death of what we had and having to figure out what what we have now. Mm-hmm. Wow, that, yeah. that that's so interesting because it, it really is like the exact opposite from my experience. Like, like now, like, like when my parents were driving me to the airport when I was headed to Thailand it was the first time I ever told them that I, like, that I had gotten arrested, and like a million fucking things went by that I was hiding and hiding and keeping secrets and covering it up and making up stories and telling my mom that I was always hanging out with the friends that she thought were good and smart and good people because I didn't want her to know the truth and like all this shit. And very funny, my youngest sister has the exact opposite. 
because it was like she learned well it's similar to yours because when me and my sister madeline left the house was when my mom went into a deep depression and then her only friend was julia my youngest sister so she got that friendship like overbearing the codependent mom the codependent yeah. friend mom because that's what it is really yeah yeah it's emotional codependency i think i think a term that's used for is emotional incest but i don't really like that term yeah um it is kind of true though and i am glad that we were friends because I felt safe telling her everything growing up. And that's so that's so important for somebody who's coming into adulthood and like trying to figure out the world like that. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have to hide anything from her. I didn't get into anything crazy. Like I never got into crazy drugs or crazy parties or anything like that. Because when I was like 13, my mom was like, hey this is weed let's smoke it and i was like she's like i want your first experience with weed to be with me wow and um because i put it together i grew what up around a move. it that is a yeah. really cool move i think well and it's like super ingrained in my family like on both sides of my family uh when i like how do i put this without incriminating anybody i grew up around it but mostly so i remember i have memories of one of my sure. uncles rolling joints like i remember from such a young age i'm talking like five or six i remember him rolling like i thought it was green tobacco i really thought it was green tobacco i didn't know sure. any better because everybody around me smoked cigarettes my whole life and i was like okay yeah it's just they're just smoking cigarettes it's just a different color maybe that's what it looks like before it dries out right yeah yeah but it had a different smell and i was like okay whatever it just smells like my aunt's house and then <laughs> and then one day I was like 12 or 13 in the house and I smelled it and I was like, why does it smell like my aunt's house right now? And that's when it clicked. I was like, oh, shit. It's weed. It's weed. They've been smoking around me this whole time. And so I called my mom out and she's like, OK, yeah, like. So she it, it was like this ceremonial thing almost where uh, we went to one of her friend's house. It was me, her, my brother, and her friend and her boyfriend. And we all just, like, sat in the in the den. We smoked some weed. And I ate a whole bag of salt and vinegar chips. And then I passed out. And so I knew how I reacted to it. I knew, like, it was a safe environment. And I'm really grateful for that experience of her being my friend and being a safe space for me. But at the same time, it had unintentional consequences, which I don't fault her for that. I don't fault her for relying on me when I was growing up because she needed help. And I get that. And I don't fault her for making mistakes that didn't manifest until years later. I, you can't expect a parent to know that because they're just doing their best. And my mom, the reason she wanted so badly to be best friends with me was because her and her mom were basically estranged like her older brother because my mom is the baby so her older sisters put my grandma through hell and then her older brother um, ended up dying 
at a pretty young age. And so that just like completely took her mom out emotionally. And, and it was both of my parents were like neglected as children. So how do you parent when you never had an example? Wow. You only ever had bad examples. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know. I, I forgave both of my parents for doing that. And I try and let them know constantly. Cause my mom has a, she has a guilt thing. She has mom guilt where she's like, I didn't, I didn't yeah. do enough. I'm a bad mom. Like da, 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 da. And I'm like constantly trying to reassure her that it's fine. Like mine too. Mine too. You're, you could be the best, most perfect parent in the world, and you're still going to traumatize your child because trauma is relevant. And so that's where the um, codependency comes in because I'm, like, trying to baby her. I'm trying to, like, console her. Mm. Well, I think this will be the final time we take a little intermission as heaven resets their camera. Built-in breaks. Yeah, no, I have a little, a little one-on-one with the listener while you reset. <laughs> and uh, we're back. And we're back. Well, I want to say, like, thanks for uh, being open to this and for responding to me today, and I, and for stitching my video and and adding your perspective to to my video this was a dream come true i do this all the time with myself um in my bathroom or when i'm cleaning because it helps me focus yeah um and i i was i was just waiting for the day that somebody invited me onto their podcast and and the day came i was so excited i was like yay (gasps) finally manifested i know i then like i was like I sent that second message where I was like, I don't want to seem too overbearing. I hope this isn't too far. You don't have no, to I love the podcast. I'm a, I'm a very intense person. I have a Scorpio moon. And so I'm very, very intense. Well, look, uh, next time we chat, I'd love to talk more about human design, astrology. Let's get into it. I would love um, to see your chart. Oh, yeah. Are you totally. are you a Gemini? Are you a mutable sign? What's your what's your birthday? I'm a Gemini. Oh fuck yeah! I was like this <laughs> this person's a Gemini. I could just tell. Totally. I'm a Sagittarius. Okay. My sun sign Sagittarius. So, um, we're sister signs. Mm-hmm. We're uh, two sides of the same coin. Mm. One of my my youngest brother is a Gemini, and so was my uh, my mom's mom. Cool. Yeah. Um, I'm also a projector in human design work okay i was wondering i was wondering because you were like yeah i'm always having to like invite other people to do things like always inviting people and i was like i bet you he's a projector wait or wait projectors are the other way around actually that's why i was like hello and that's why and that's why me learning from my roommate where i was saying yes to all her invitations and my roommates now my partner, Lane, who is a manifesting generator, she basically invited me into her life. Like she had to Love be it. like, I want you here. Come with me. Live with me. Come, let's do this thing. Like her and I are about to, we have a, two episodes of a podcast out. We've lost our momentum, but we're about to do some real shit together. And yeah, I mean, 
it's really helped me. And the biggest thing is that I just realized how hard I've been on myself for not having like an engine to just be working. And, you know, the, the way that I've always looked at that is just with shame and guilt and I'm, I'm a bad, I'm bad. I need to work harder and all this stuff. And, and I'm just seeing now how it's like, I can just, I can just let all of that go and come to you. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I'm not super, cause I learn about human design uh, passively because I have, um, I don't know if you know them Bronx on Twitter and TikTok. Mm. They're, um, their at is tarot by Bronx on both platforms. Oh yes. I yes, know Bronx. Yes. I love Bronx. I know they're, Bronx. They're one of my favorite. They talk about human design. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've only seen their YouTube tarot videos. Yeah. I think they've really been into, um, they've really been into projectors recently. Okay. Been tweeting, so, I'm literally about to go check that out. Yeah. I love Bronx. They're one of my favorite people. Um, they i got to meet them actually last last year around this wow. time and they gave me a reading i want a reading from them and i'm just i'm just obsessed with them i always shout them out because they're great so they do human design and so does ijde it's uh at i j a a d e e on twitter she is actually private unfortunately but um bronx has a lot of good human design content um and that I get their tweets sent to my phone. So that's how I'm literally like reading these tweets, uh, notifications on my phone. And that's how I'm retaining the information. But I cool. think they just released like a, a human design PDF, like a book PDF. Cool. So I need to like physically take notes. And um, I'm trying to apply that to how I'm living life because I'm a manifesting generator. So I have all these ideas. But um I have a hard time following through and I'm trying to follow what excites me. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Um, well, if you think of it and um, I'll ask you to like, if you want to want me to put a little bio, any socials or anything for the podcast description. Oh yeah. Just send me that. And yeah, if you want to include those Bronx, just just so I remember and I want to put yeah. it in there because I want other people to be able to to know where to go for that if they're interested. Absolutely. So that would be awesome. Yeah, this is a pleasure. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Well, and I wanted to, to say on, on the projector thing before we end, like I invited you on the podcast, but you invited yourself through stitching my shit yes like, like that was your invitation to me real talk yeah yep that was and that was something i was like i need to speak on this because that was not the first or the second time you had put something out there that i was like holy shit i, I like we are on the same page right now um i was just like oh my god like get out of my head dude Bro, and there are so many others who are right here with us. There are. Yeah. And so it's our time. It's our time to monetize our success. Like the, I don't know. Yeah. I think 
uh, I keep seeing this um, this trend. I I'll link the creator who has like the PDF and stuff. I can't remember their name at at the time, but they were like, start living your life like it's a movie. Like people are are following you with cameras, and I already do that. I always think every time I get out of a car that the paparazzi is shooting me. Um, <laughs> but to prepare for my future level of success, of course. But um, they're like, or actually, do- or actually, film yourself doing stuff. And I was like, wait, that's actually a great way, because it's like you're like, oh, I really like doing this thing, but then you assume that the effort to do the thing, like creating in any capacity, music, content, whatever. I love doing this, but I just don't know if I have the energy to do it. But then you like accidentally start doing it. You're like, wait a second. It like the thought of doing the task is more daunting than actually doing the task. Yeah. Yeah. Very that. That's my fucking life. Yeah. So I think it's my goal. <laughs> now that you ignited this in me, I was like, wow. Uh, to start just shit posting on TikTok and letting go of the need to be perfect and uh, precise. Post that video from Mexico. I swear. I'll I'll find the best I one and post hear it. it. I mean, it was exactly what I just said to you. Just um, me, a little bit tanner, and <laughs> and next to the pool. But yeah. So yeah, you heard dude, it here I first. Think, like, it's easy to to just nit nitpick, you know. Nitpick and think there's gonna be a better moment for this. There's gonna and be then, a better moment. And when you never say a better that, moment. the moment gets farther away. Yeah, it's harder and harder to go back to that time. Do you know how many pictures I have? Or I'm like, I'm gonna post this on Instagram, and then I don't sit down and actually put in the effort to edit the pictures, or even just organize them in a in a in a yeah. in a sequence that I enjoy, or find the perfect caption, and I just get so overwhelmed. I'm like, fuck it, just for just for posting a picture on Instagram, much less. Um, editing a vlog of all the mm-hmm. videos and pictures I took in Mexico, which is at least a thousand. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think it's, you know, it's one of the hardest things to do, but just like there is enough time. There just is. You just have to find it and make it. You just have to recognize when you're stealing your own time. And standing in your own way. It's insane how often I stand in my own way. Because stealing your own time, it's just like the time where, you, where you're not doing anything with intention. Where we just, we just fill up the space. And I was thinking this thought earlier. We're just constantly ending. Um, yeah, it never ends. <laughs> we, just, we fall asleep on this. The world's longest podcast. <laughs> Um, oh, did I just forget my point? Crap. Meant to be. Yeah, the podcast is just, uh, it's a never-ending, uh, documentary of our friendship. We never turn it off. (laughs) Bro. I'm excited to document more again soon. Yeah, it was, I can't say it enough. Thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast, and, um, 
giving me something to respond and be excited about and really lighting a fire under my ass to be like, oh, shit, like, we can do this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like two hours. It's like effortless. The the and like the depth and like you said, the the neural pathways that are created in this time. And it's like, you know, imagining this Monday night where you didn't see my TikTok and we and in an alternate like, universe. And like this time wouldn't have been like it would have gone so much quicker. It would have uh, just like disappeared. I can tell you exactly what would have happened. I would yeah. have come home and and lied to myself on the way home and said, I'm going to clean my bathroom. Just my bathroom. <laughs> and then I would not have cleaned my bathroom. I would have gotten in home, um, petted my dog, and laid in bed and scrolled through TikTok. Yeah. That's what would have happened. Yeah. And then been like, shit, it's 1130. I need to get up at 7 and have gone to bed. Mm-hmm. But that didn't happen. It didn't. We're, and we're on our way. Like, today is the beginning of the rest of our lives. And today is the rest of our lives. Yes. Because it just is. Like, today is is all there is. Today is never ending because, like, there is no tomorrow. No. There is only the, the present moment. And sometimes when I focus in, I saw a tweet. They were like, do you ever just see shit in 4K? Like, you ever just see reality in 4K? And I'm like, yes. And it trips me the fuck out. Like, all of a sudden, everything gets clear. Because I have to wear glasses. And um, sometimes I'll just be living my life not wearing my glasses. And I'm like, I can see. And sometimes I think I'm cured. And then the next day, I have to put my glasses back on. Because I need to look at tiny little numbers on a computer screen. Mm. Fun. Not for long. Ayo. Ayo. <laughs> so. Awesome. I just don't want this to end, I think. I think we're just delaying the ne- inevitable. Well, let's end here so that then we can do another one next time. I would love that. Awesome. Us keeping each other committed and responsible. Yeah, that's what we're here to do. Well, on that note, I'm so excited that this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. And I'll see you on the other side. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you. You too. And be your stream of conscious best. Amen. Bye, heaven. Bye, Wes.